Welcome to the Faith Renewed Podcast. I'm Pastor Terry Rogers, and I want to thank you for listening to this message. If you want to learn more about Faith Renewed, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, this was a foundational passage on week 1 of this series called By Grace. And I want to zero in back on uh, two verses, verses 8 and 9, and it says this, it says, for by grace. Somebody say by grace. Yes, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. I'm so thankful for that gift. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. I want to talk about God's saving grace this morning. Let's pray. God, thank you for your presence and thank you for your spirit. And again, thank you for this church family. Lord, those that you are building around here and connecting to this family here in this house and Lord, other places around the world that you're connecting to this vision. And God, we're thankful for them. And we thank you today again for the grace, Lord, to send this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say it's by grace. <clears throat> Yet it is by grace this morning. We're in a series we kicked off a few weeks ago, and we're just focusing in on the goodness and the grace of God, and we're bringing truth to the subject of what the Bible says about grace and what that means for us. And so, again, just so thankful for it. And today I want to do this. I want to talk about the saving grace of God. And it is, again, it is a grace that saves us. And so I said week one that we would look at that word to see more about what that means for us. And so I want to do that today. But before I do that, I want, I want to read a passage of scripture. And it's in the book of Acts. And you can, you can turn to chapter four. And it's verses eight through 12. And um, I love this passage because these guys here, Peter and John, have been preaching the gospel. They have been healing people, getting people set free. The presence of the Holy Spirit was working in and through their life. And what I love about it is that was just what they looked at as normal as a Christian. Come on. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. Me and you, bro. Just right here. Amen. I'm going to just hang out with you for a minute. Now, I mean, how good is that? That that is just what they do. And that is, that is what just Christians do. We, they, they just, again, they, the Holy Spirit works through them. They get people saved, get people healed. And I love that. But for them doing it, they were arrested. For them doing it, they were persecuted. And in a way, again, it's hard for us to even process. But they were brought in. Peter does this, what Peter does so well, opens that mouth and just lets it roll. Amen. And he gets blamed for a lot of stuff, but man, I like him. I think he's incredible. And uh, Peter did this. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well? Let it be known to you all. All right, speaking to a bunch of religious folks who, again, who thought, again, it was their worst, thought their religion, thought something they could do could save them. He made it crystal clear to them and said to them, let it be known to you all and to all people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, 
whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. Oh, I love it. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation. No one is saved. Salvation doesn't happen. Salvation cannot take place. Nor is there salvation in any other. There is no other name by which we could be saved. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, I love this word, man, and I want to talk about salvation. I don't think a lot of times we know just how saved we really are. Amen. I don't know if we'd realize just how saved we really are. And we saw this word week one, and I said we would dig in. And digging into this word saved, this is a powerful word that means that we are saved, we are healed, and we are also delivered. And so again, there is something that we see in salvation that God takes us from and takes us towards. All right, and so today, I love this, and there was something that happened this past week. You may have seen it on the news. There was a gentleman who got lost at Lake Hartwell. His, his boat was found, his, his phone was found, but he was missing. And this was actually a family member of someone here at our church. And so there were a lot of you guys were praying for them. A lot of people were praying that, that there would be a happy ending. In most situations and those times when it happens like that, and after a couple of days, it usually doesn't end well. But what happened was they found him on an island that he had been, had been working that night, that day on the lake, and he stepped off of his boat onto the island and fell and hit his head and was unconscious. His boat and the phone and everything had drifted out to the water and he was missing. They began to search for him, and they had begun to look hard for him, had teams out of people, rescue groups. Uh, you know, it was, it was while first responders from all areas looking for him could not find him. The sun has set, and they were about to end the search for the night, and somebody said, let's just go out one more time. And they go out on a heat-seeking helicopter, and he was able to get a small fire started. And the heat-seeking helicopter picked him up on the island and found him and went and rescued him. Come on, amen. That's a salvation praise rescue report there. Because again, it is so beautiful. But this is not what they did. They didn't go get him and pick him up off the island and just say, you're saved now, you're done. How many knows it was really just getting started because he had a chance now that he did not have before because he had been rescued. He had been saved. Amen. So this is what happened for him. And this is what happens for us when you're saved. We're saved from, but we're also saved to. Now, I'm going to message you this morning. I want to give you two points this morning. All right, just two main points today in the message. Now, there are three sub-points under each point here, so I just wanted to go ahead and prepare you for that. But uh, just again, what I see, and God gave me three things that we are saved from and three things that we are saved to, and I love it. And there's a whole lot more you can learn on this subject. But, man, I want us to see today how saved we really are. Number one thing is God does this. He saves us from hell. Amen. 
Yeah, thank you, Lord. He saves us from hell. The Bible talks over 160 times about the subject of hell. Jesus dealt with this subject very clearly. He spoke so often. And again, typically for the most part, it was to religious people that believed the organization could get there. Something that they could do could help them get off that island. Hmm. Amen. But again, then this Jesus spoke this. And this is, it was amazing to me. I found out that Jesus had this three-year ministry that we know of. Again, I believe he ministered all the time while he was here. He was Jesus. It just flowed out of him. But we see the recorded ministry for three years while he was here on this earth. And in this three-year ministry, 36 months, some say three and a half, you know, we see where he spoke on hell 33 times. And I'm like, man, that's wild. It was like, if you look at like once a month, he was taking time to preach on the subject of hell. I mean, those, his church may not be real large today if Jesus was here preaching today because, again, he spoke this. But this is why I believe Jesus spoke on this subject is because he had compassion and he had love for the people. Now, this is what love will compel you to do. Love will compel you to tell people the truth, whether they want to hear it or not. And so it's what love will do. If you truly love someone, they care for you, and they will speak to you truth into your life. It's amazing. I think a lot of times we're like, we want everyone to just get behind everything we say and do. We want everyone to love our, like, our, our Facebook posts. We want everyone to get behind everything we say and do. But if something's going on in our life, you know what you need? Someone who loves you enough to tell you the truth. And so again, the truth about this is there is a place called hell. But the good news is this. He saved us from hell. Amen. He has saved me from that. And hell is this. Hell is not what some have made it to be. That it's going to be some large party. This is going to be a fun thing. The excitement happens in, in hell. There's, he, heaven is born, but hell is a great place. No, we see in Scripture that it is a place of eternal fire. It is a place of eternal separation from God. And, he, and this is what I love. I've been saved from that. He saved me from that. He saved you from that if you put your hope and your faith in him. And I love this. C.S. Lewis said this. He said, it is since Christians, it is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this one. And I, I, again, I think we forget that there is an eternal place of heaven and hell somewhere. This eternal world that's going to exist forever. And again, if we don't understand the seriousness of this, we won't be as effective as we should be in this one. And I love this again about what we see about this. I have been saved from it. That pumps me up. That excites me so much that I don't have to spend eternity separated from the one who made me. I can, we can have today an eternal place in heaven with God. We've been saved from that. Now, this is what we see about what Jesus said. And one of the times that he spoke on hell was this. He said in Matthew 25, 41, that he said, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. This is the thing about hell. It was never planned for you. It wasn't made for you. And this is the good news. No one has to go there. And so this is for us today, those who have understood, again, if you've been saved, you don't have to even worry. That's not something that has to be in the back of your mind. If God has saved you from that, the good news today is you've been set free and saved from an eternal existence in punishment, an eternal fire separated from the one who loves you. That's good news. Amen. And I love it. He saved me from that. But that's not the only thing. 
He also saves us. And if they have been saved, you've been saved from sin. You have been saved from sin. And I love this because I feel like so much the enemy gets in the minds of people and says, yeah, you may not have to go to hell, but hell is going to follow you the rest of your life until you may maybe make it into heaven. Listen, you are set free from sin when you are saved by God. You are set free from all the curse, all the penalty, everything that comes with that. So you don't have to believe the lie. You don't have to believe, and this is what this is tough for me. I've had conversations with people who said, yeah, I put my faith in Christ, but I have to live my life a certain way in sin because that's just who I am. Wait a minute. That's not who you are if you've been saved. Amen? That's not who you have to be. That is not, again, what comes. And it's not one of those deals. And the enemy's so good. He, he'll even say things, well, you know, God made you that way. That sin in your life, that struggle of who you are, maybe that identity issue, maybe whatever's going on with it's just how you're made. And so, again, that's just who you are, so you live that way. No, 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 this is what I know about the Bible, that he has set me free from sin. He has saved me from sin. The Bible says the old man has died, passed away. The new man comes forth into life today, and so I'm saved from that. I don't have to live in that. We learned last week in Romans, man, we don't have to... to to live in sin when we've been set free from that. And so it's beautiful today. And so also today, we don't have to do this. We don't have to worry about the, the penalty that comes from sin. You know, the payment that comes from sin is this. The Bible says the wages of it, death. But you know this about life today in Christ? We have been saved from sin. We've been saved from Death. I love what 1 Corinthians 15 says. He says it this way. He says that the sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. We've hit law early in this series. But thanks be to, uh, be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, we have victory from that. And so there's, there's no reason that you have to accept and believe the lie that if, if there's an area in your life where there may be a stronghold or where the enemy has gripped you, that you have to live that way for the rest of your life. That is a lie from the pit of hell itself. And the truth is we have been saved from sin. I love it. So we've been saved from hell. We've been saved from sin. And we've also been saved from shame. Oh, man, so much shame follows those things. So much shame follows this. And this is what he has done. He has set us free. He has set us free from all sin and shame. One of my favorite passages, I mean, I just love it. Romans 1.16, it's a life verse for me that I love, man. And it is so beautiful. We see that Paul, the one who had been set free by God, man, he said it this way in Romans 1.16. For I am unashamed of the gospel of Christ. Yeah, come on. For I am unashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. 
Now, I, I love this because, again, you know who this guy was before Christ came in and changed his life. He was persecuting those who believed him. He was, he was coming against everything. But this is what happens. The gospel came to him. Salvation came through him. The good news of Christ came to him. And when it came, it brought power with it. It brought life with it. It brought salvation and hope for him. And so now he does this. He's living a life that was once lived in bondage and sin and it brought him to a place where trying to live under a law that couldn't save him. Now he says and sees this. He says, I'm unashamed now. I'm unashamed from all of those things. Now, this is what I love because as I studied this passage one day, Pastor Bill, it was, it was like, I, I, for so long, I thought it was like, man, being unashamed of the gospel is to just testify more. That it means that, man, I should witness more. And I should witness more. I'm just going to be honest. Amen. I should. I should testify more. I should tell others about God and about the gospel and about salvation and what that means. But this is what it also means for us. When we are unashamed, when we are unshamed, it means this. All the sin and the shame that came with it, all of the bondage that it carried, all of the strongholds and the weight that that came with, the life that I once lived, now I am unshamed. I am unashamed now. I have been set free from all of that by the gospel of Christ. And this is what it does. And so again, when you're telling somebody the witness, the good news, the gospel, you're not just telling them how to get to heaven, how to be pulled away from hell, but you're telling them now you can be set free from all of the shame, all of the bondage, all of the things that come with because he sets us truly free indeed. So we're saved from all that stuff. That is like, that was good. That's a good message if that's all I said to you today. But there's more because this is what I love. He didn't just get us off the island. He didn't just have his heat-seeking uh, look and, 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 and see us and pull us off the island. And, and he does this. He put us on the boat, and he sent, began to go back toward land, toward a place again now where he wants to take us to what we are saved to, not just saved from. And so this is good news today. The first thing that we're saved to is this. We are saved to heaven. Do you think about this, man? We are saved to heaven. Not only am I saved from hell, this is how saved I am. I am saved to heaven. And this is where I'm going to head. This is where you go if you have salvation in Christ. And so we saw in the first one in, in a place called hell, he said he did not prepare that for you. He said that was prepared for the devil and his angels. But this is what he says about heaven. I'm going to go. I'm going to leave and I'm going to prepare a place for you. Oh, man, and it is a place called heaven, and it's going to be incredible. And I love this, man. This, this church is a worshiping church. I love to worship, man. We, are, we go after God because we've seen the value in it. We've seen the worth. We're learning more about what, again, how good he is, and that should propel us to worship. Amen. When we start thinking about what he saved us from and to, it should lead us into a place of worship. But you know something about heaven? It's just not going to be an eternal worship service. Come on. I mean, I, th I think sometimes, man, it's just like we're thinking, man, you know, well, those angels are going around saying, holy, holy, holy for all, all eternity. I got to jump in there somewhere. That's what will be my life. And we think it's, it's going to be from all eternity. It's going to be like an eternal worship song. And if some of you are like, man, when the worship team's going in hard, they sing a song a few times, man, you think, man, this is how it's going to be for eternity. Of course. 
bridge. Play it again, band. Sing it again. Come on, Adam. Bring it around one more time. That's going to be incredible. Worship in heaven is going to be so amazing. But that's not all of heaven. Listen, do you understand this about heaven? He said he's going to make all things new. There is no sickness, bro, in heaven. There's no sickness there. We are all eternally healed, eternally whole. No sickness in our bodies. No more shame, no more sin, no more struggle. He is going to do this in our life. I love it. In every effect of those things, leave us. Man, I don't know if you understand this about heaven. Man, we are going to be in a place of glory in his presence. We're going to, Bible says, have glorified bodies. Come on, eternal abs. Amen. Just eternal abs in heaven. Amen. And it's just going to be so beautiful to just think about this. And there are no more all the effects of sin and all the shame that that carries. We're free from that. We have an eternal place in heaven. And there's just like, I mean, there's so much I can share with you about heaven in the Bible. But I just, I don't know, I just felt one I wanted to pull out. And I love this. Revelation 22 shows a glimpse Listen to this glimpse in, in, in verses 1 and 2 of Revelation 22. And John had been, had been shown this again by the vision. He said, and he showed me a river of the water of life. Ooh, come on. He showed me the river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street, oh man, and I love to fish. I believe I'm going to get to in heaven. I think it's going to be on. And on either side of the river was the tree of life, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were healings of the, were the healings of the nation. Do you know what we're going to get to do in heaven? Eat. No calories. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I mean, just like, I, I, I love this. Don't have to count carbs. You don't have to worry about any of the, none of this stuff. It is going to be so beautiful. There are going to be feasts and there's going to be celebrations. He is going to prepare for us a meal. We're going to be able to step down. And, and I love that woman of God's cooking. She can bring it. But man, I'm going to get to eat meals in heaven. And, and, I, and I believe again, to just think about this, we can have all of those things and none of those things are going to raise the cholesterol. None of those things are going to raise the blood pressure. I'm going to have a glorified body. No back pain. Come on. Amen. No knee problems. No, no issues in the organs. There's no mask in heaven. There's no problems. No sin. All of these things are going to be heaven for us. It is not like I'm going to have to go endorse this for the for all eternity. We get to go encounter heaven. And I love this. Jonathan Edwards said it this way, and I, I want to do this. I want to live this way more. He said, I resolve to live every day as if I had already seen the torments of hell and the happiness of heaven. Oh, man, what a beautiful place it's going to be. He said it this way also. He said, I believe the doctrines of eternity, both heaven and hell, should have an impact on my daily life. Do I let that? Do I think about, do I let the fact that I'm going to spend eternity somewhere affect every part of my life every day? Do I do that? Do I think about every person I'm going to meet? If you go to the restaurant today, that waitress will spend eternity somewhere. Think about that for a moment. 
I don't know if we just think about this again. The, the person, again, that, that we, we know and we love, they're going to spend eternity somewhere. And this is what I love about this. This is what I love about heaven. This is the good news. If someone today that maybe you had a, a close family member, a close friend, they had put faith in Jesus, you will see them again because this is the good news. Heaven is our eternal home. When we have faith in Christ and we're not just saved from hell, we're saved to heaven. And this is what he has for us. And I don't know, I believe this about him. The Bible says the gates don't close. And I believe we're just going to be able to come and go out of the inner city. I believe we're going to be able to just go out and, and explore, have a great time. I mean, I'm going to be like, man, catching up. I mean, it's just hanging out. I, just gonna, I believe it's going to be beautiful. But in the center of all of that, Jesus himself will be there and he will be the light of heaven. He will be the one who will be in that place. And I don't know, I, I believe we will fall down and worship him. I believe there will be something that will drive us down, but he won't leave us there. I believe he's going to pick us up and I believe he's going to do this. I don't know, maybe it's, just, just, maybe it's just me. I believe he's going to say, let me show you around the place that I prepared. Let me take you and let you see all of the beauty of heaven. And it's going to take all eternity to truly encounter again how glorious it's going to be. And this is the truth today, man. We've sung about it. Many of you have preached about it. And we've taught others. But one day we will get to spend all eternity with Jesus in heaven throughout all existence, man. And I don't know if we think about it enough. Amen. I love this. I love Tony Nolan. He said it this way. He said, I once thought heaven hell was unfair but he said now that I'm saved I see that heaven actually is oh man think about it this morning we are saved from hell but to heaven look what else this brings with us we are also saved to purpose we are saved to purpose. We are saved to do now while we're here until we go see them face to face. We get to do it this way. We get to do the plan. We get to walk out the purposes of God that he has for our life. This is what I love. The guy who got pulled off that island got saved. Man, listen, he still has some more living to do. He still now has an opportunity now for a second chance. And I love this about this. He saves us from all sin and shame so he can do this. He can take us towards our purpose and plan. And so this is what we see in verse 10 of Ephesians 2. We saw this week one. Then he said it this way. For we are his workmanship. He created you. He made you. Thought about it? He designed us. We are his workmanship. We were created in Christ Jesus for good works. Now again, that's after I'm saved. Again, I was by grace through faith saved. Now, man, I get to go do the walk out the purpose and the plan. And he said it this way, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This is what I love about this, man, and what God's calling on your life. You didn't get here. You didn't show up on, on this earth. You were not an accident. You were, you were playing. God had a purpose for you. And you didn't show up, and then he said, well, what am I going to do with that one? Now what? Huh. What can I? No, listen. 
beforehand, good works before you ever got here. God had a purpose for your life. That's why faith tracks is so important, man, to help discover and find that. And I'm so thankful for this team, for this church, for the people who are finding that purpose, walking in that plan and in that calling. And I love it. And it's so beautiful. And he has saved us and set us apart to a purpose. And the final one is this. Again, he has saved us not from, but to. He has saved us to fellowship. And this is, the, this is the best part. Yeah, this is it. This is the best of the whole story. This is the best part. Because this, and this God that we were singing about who is a friend to us, man, we have a fellowship now with him. The very, in the very beginning when he created Adam and Eve in the garden, and we were singing about, man, take us back there. It was in that garden that he set and created and designed Adam and Eve. And the Bible says that he walked with them. He fellowshiped with him. You know what salvation brings to you? A relationship with Jesus. That's the best part. And this is the good news. And so we do this, man. My kids growing up, man, they just they, they knew they had access into our presence because they were our kids. Amen. And so they would bust up in some doors and just walk in the room. I mean, and all, I mean, just they they had access. Do you understand this today? Because now you have been saved too, you have been brought into a fellowship and a relationship with God. The Bible says this, we boldly approach the throne room now. Before I had nothing that I could bring him to offer, nothing to give that would bring me into his presence. It was the righteousness of God that he placed on my life, his grace gift. But now that he's brought me in, he has a work and a plan for my life. And now because of fellowship with him, I come into a place of relationship with God that he brings me. And this is the best part about heaven, Jesus. Amen. And we can have it through all eternity, but we don't have to wait because this is what 1 John 1 says, verses 3 and 4. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. This is what fellowship brings with the Father. It brings joy into our life. And there are places, man, and there are people in this room that, that today you're struggling. There are things happening. We've heard, man, incredible testimonies of God showing up in times. And this is good news this morning because we can enter into a place of fellowship with him anytime, any place. And today, this is what he wants to do, bring into fellowship and relationship with him. I want our worship team to come. As they do, I'm going to ask you to do this, please. I'm going to ask you to stand. And I want to read one last verse to you today. This final verse is so critical today to the, to the understanding of grace and salvation in our life. It's so important. Oh, man, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says something so critical. And he said it this way, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, yeah, you call him Lord, you call him, you confess him, you call out to him, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. And I'm talking about an understanding of what this belief is in Christ. True belief in God. Again, it is just us doing this. The Greek word is where we simply do this. We fully rely and surrender to. And, and hold on. I'm just, what? All I do is just rely on you, not me. All I do is surrender to you? Hold on, man. It doesn't make sense. That's, that's what believing is? Because the Bible says this, but the, the demons believe. 
There's a level of belief that's totally different than what God wants us to do for salvation. Not just even recognize his existence. But when we say this, believing in God is do this, where we fully surrender and rely and trust in him. For so long, this was me trying to get to Jesus. Like, man, I need to do this. If I do this, I can rely on you. If I do this, I can surrender to you. If I do this, and I'm like, man, I was all up in the way. I was all up in the middle of that thing, man. And I can't save me. But I can trust in him. And even somebody said one day, well, what's our responsibility, pastor? What's our part? And our responsibility is this. It's our response to his ability. It's not our ability. It's our response to his. That's responsibility. And this is salvation for us where we respond to him and we put our faith and our hope in him. And so I'm going to ask you to do this this morning. Bow your heads, please. And just close your eyes if you would. And so I just want to do this this morning. There's some of you who may have like prayed a prayer sometime or maybe said something or whatever, but have you done this? Have you believed? Have you put full surrender and trust in him? Man, are you walking in biblical today salvation according to what the Bible says? Have you been saved from hell, from sin, from shame, to heaven, to the purposes and to the plans and to all the fellowship now that you have as a relationship with him? Have you, is that salvation for you? Is your salvation what maybe somebody told you in a religious system or whatever that you can just, no, no. Are you saved this morning? <laughs> oh, man, and if you are, listen, there's so much more. There's so much more great news that comes through that name Jesus that we preach and teach today. I want to ask you this morning this. At home, in this room, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, listen. Are you experiencing the fullness that salvation brings? Are you experiencing the fullness that salvation brings today? Are you walking free from sin? Are you walking free from the shame? Are you walking in your purpose and all your plans? But this morning, you want to say this, I want that salvation. I want the Bible salvation. I want the Jesus of what you spoke of that here in this, today in this message. I want that in my life today. If you want that type of salvation today, the fullness of it, and you want to experience the fullness of what salvation brings to you right now, just lift up your hand to the Father. Yeah, just lift up your hand to your Father. You may be a member of this church, maybe on a leadership team. But you may be today not experiencing and walking in the fullness of what salvation brings to you. God wants to pour that over you right now, just a renewal of salvation in your life. Yeah, God bless you. Yeah, God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> this is what, this is, let me break down what I just said to you. So today, if you're not struggling in areas of sin, your hand should be up. Let me say that. Oh, hold on, I messed up. If, if there are areas where you're struggling and sin struggles in your life, listen, your hand should be up because you're not walking in the fullness of salvation. If you're struggling, there's areas of shame where the enemy has messed with you because of previous issues of stuff and things. Listen, hand should be up. If you're not walking in now the fullness of the purpose and the plan that God's called for you, your hand should be up. <laughs> And if you're not today in the full fellowship and a relationship, again, that you hunger for or long for right now, maybe it's grown cold, whatever, but you're not experiencing, that's this the fullness of salvation. It's good news. It's great news. Hands should be up. So, Father, we come to you today, Lord, and want to experience the fullness of what all salvation brings. 
I thank you for hands that have been raised in this room, lifted up, God. May they experience the fullness of what salvation brings, Lord. Hey, if there's some today who are surrendering their life to you for the first time, Lord, let them today, God, confess with their mouth, you as Lord. Believe in their heart, Lord, and fully surrender, rely, and trust in you and who you are, Jesus. <laughs> thank you for salvation, God, and all that it brings, Lord. Oh, man, I want us this morning today, as they sing this last song, as we get ready to close out, as they sing this last song, I want us to really embrace today what we are saved to. I want us to really embrace that last point in that message, and that is fellowship and relationship with him. The one who, again, who says friend, who sets us free. I want to invite you to do this this morning. I want to invite you to find you a place and get with God and just experience the fellowship that salvation brings. The Holy Spirit will pour over your life. He will come in and he'll just have, he'll, he'll change things in you as you fellowship with him. He'll set you free from things that are going on in your life as you fellowship with him. And so I want a prayer team to do this. Just gather throughout the room. There's stations where they just gather throughout the building. They're in the front. They're in the sides and back. Listen, if you need prayer, I want to invite you to go into one of these guys who are part of the prayer team. And let me tell you about them. They pray. (laughs) They believe. God shows up. He touches bodies. I'm standing here today, have been preaching two messages today with no issues in my body because, again, people pray and God showed up and His grace is good. And so I'm thankful for that. So listen, if there's a need in your life, you need healing in your body, physical needs, let them pray for you. Let us pray and believe. If you need healing in, in, your, in your heart today, spiritual need, let us pray with you. But I want to invite every person who's saved, every saved person in this day, to take advantage of, the, of what we have in relationship with the Father. And as they minister in song, allow Him to minister to your heart and let there be an exchange that happens. That's what fellowship is. So we're coining in and there's an exchange that takes place. As we come, we just pour over into him. He pours into us. Now as they minister a song, just get in a place and get with God. You can come and kneel, stand, worship, step in an aisle, kneel where you're at. But just get with God. Let fellowship happen in this room today as we go today and encounter and celebrate the fullness of what salvation brings. Thanks again for listening to this message. We hope it's been a source of encouragement for you. If you need prayer, would like to support this ministry through your financial giving, or just want to learn more about Faith Renewed, please stop by faithrenewed.org.